لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا Allah says, do not make excuses. تَعْتَذِرُوا is from عُذْر. What is عُذْر? Excuse. And what is an excuse? An explanation for an action, either to justify it, or to uh, or to save yourself from trouble. Right? Like for example, a person does something wrong and he presents an excuse in order to justify his wrong action. Or he presents an excuse admitting that yes, I did this wrong, but I did it because of this reason, so please don't punish me. Alright? Now some excuses, they're genuine, they're true. And other excuses, they are? Are they true? Are they true? No, they're not. And the fact is that a wrong action is a wrong action. A sin is a sin. And nothing can make it right. Alright? Nothing can make it right. It in itself is wrong. Which is why for a wrong action, we should never present excuses. People who are successful in life, do they make excuses? No, they don't make excuses. They know, I was supposed to do this and I should have done it. And no excuse can justify it. I am wrong. I made a mistake. And I better get my act together and not repeat this mistake again. Right? So people who are successful in life, they don't make excuses. But people who take it easy, who are very lenient with themselves, then they have an excuse for getting up late. They have an excuse for showing up late. They have an excuse for anything and everything. And they develop this habit of not fulfilling their responsibilities and coming up with excuses. But if you truly ask yourself, is it acceptable? Could I have avoided this? The answer is yes, I could have. Like for example, you have a whole week to do an assignment, but you don't do it. And what happens? You don't submit it on time and you ask for an extension. But if you truly ask yourself in that entire week, really, you didn't get even half an hour to sit down and do your work? Entire week, you didn't have even half an hour to do your work. What's the answer? I did have that time. I could have made time. Right? Recently one of the shiuk, he said that, don't say that I don't have time, just say that I'm very disorganized to make time for what is important. I don't know how to manage my time. This is why I don't find time to do what is important. So we try to put the blame on external factors. I couldn't do my assignment because there were too many parties that I had to go to. I couldn't do my work because my children were always with me. They were at home, so I didn't have time at all. Or I cannot do this because you know now I have three children, or now I have five children, and I'm getting married in a week, and I'm you know I'm getting engaged next year. Really? Is it because of this reason you stopped eating? Did you stop eating? No. You didn't stop eating. Did you stop taking a shower? Because you didn't have time? Is it? Did you stop talking to people because you didn't have time? Did you stop checking Facebook because you didn't have time? Did you stop tweeting because you were too busy? No. You didn't stop that. So why is it that when we have to leave something, we have to leave obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? For that, we don't have time. For that, we don't have the energy. It's just an excuse. Always ask yourself when you're coming up with an excuse to allow yourself to remain behind, can I tell this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment? 
Can I tell this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment? Ya Allah, yes, I had the time to take a shower for half an hour. I had the time to, you know, get ready and make my hair. You know, I, I spent 45 minutes on doing that. And yes, I had the time to, you know, vacuum. And I had the time to do everything. Honestly, I didn't find time even for 10 minutes to open up the Qur'an and read it. I didn't find time for 10 minutes. Honestly, I didn't. Can you say that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is it acceptable? No, because Allah knows what we do, right? Where we waste our time, where we waste our moments. So Allah says, قُلْ لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا Don't, don't offer these excuses. Don't make up these excuses. It's not acceptable. What you did was wrong. It is not acceptable. No matter what excuse you present, no. لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا قَدْ كَفَرْتُمْ Certainly you have disbelieved بَعْدَ إِمَانِكُمْ After your iman. You said you were believers. You said you believed in Allah and His Messenger and the last day. But if you truly believed, you would not be making fun of the Messenger. You would not be making fun of the people who have gone out in Allah's way. You would not be making fun of the Qur'an. لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا قَدْ كَفَرْتُمْ بَعْدَ إِيمَانِكُمْ You have committed kufr. It is not acceptable. Allah says, in if, na'fu, we pardon from عَيْن فَوَاو, عَفُو. If we pardon عَن طَائِفَةٍ مِّنْكُمْ From a group among you, meaning a group of the hypocrites, even if they are pardoned, meaning they are forgiven, نُعَذِّبْ We shall punish طَائِفَةً A group. Why? بِأَنَّهُمْ Because indeed they can, they were mujrimin criminals. Meaning they have been criminals. They have committed a serious crime, firstly by their mockery, and secondly by belittling that, and thirdly by lying about it and justifying it, they have been criminals. So what do we see over here? That Allah says, even if a group of the munafiqeen is forgiven, why would they be forgiven? For their confessing their mistake, and they're repenting from it, they're changing their ways, okay, they might be forgiven. But certain munafiqeen, Allah says, no, they will definitely be punished. Why? What's the reason? Because they have justified their wrong, and they have persisted on it. You see, when a mistake of ours comes before us, meaning we see it, that is actually an opportunity for us to realize we did something wrong, don't do it again. To realize that this was a mistake that happened, now fix it. Fix it now. Like for example, if you see that in the garage, there is oil on the floor. What does that mean? What does that mean? If there is oil on the floor, what does that mean? That there is a problem. Right? That it's leaking from the car. There is a problem. So, that is telling us that something needs to be done. The car needs to be looked into. If you just say, oh whatever, it's only oil. It's winter anyway, it'll freeze. What's the big deal? And you know what? It's stained the concrete anyway. What's the big deal? Spring come, we will hose it down and hopefully it should get clean. And by the way, you know, all garages are dirty anyway. What's the big deal? Right? If you ignore it, the more you ignore it, what's going to happen? The problem's going to get... Worse, it's going to get bigger and bigger. But that leak is telling you there's a problem with the car. So fix it. And in the future, if your floor is important to you, 
what should you do? Put something under the car to make sure the floor doesn't get dirty again. Right? When we've made a mistake and it comes before us, it's not necessarily something evil. It's not necessarily something evil. It's a chance for us to go back to Allah. When we commit a sin and we see it, we've been made to realize it. It's an opportunity to get closer to Allah, to return to Allah, to become better people. Because imagine if there was a problem in your body and there was no symptom for it, nothing to show you that there's a problem in your body. Would your health improve? No. It would only worsen and worsen. And you wouldn't be able to tell what the problem is. The doctors won't be able to identify it. If they cannot identify it, can they heal it? Can they cure it? No. Can you take the proper treatment for it? No. Diagnosis is so important. But some people, they don't want to be diagnosed even. They're afraid to go to the doctor. Right? They're afraid to get that test done. Because what if it's positive? What if I really have this problem? No, no, I don't have it. Unfortunately, many Muslims, they're like that. Especially when it comes to mental illnesses, psychological illnesses. We don't want to admit that there is an issue. We think it's only a phase, it'll be over. But the problem is the more it is delayed, the worse it becomes. So what do we see over here? That Allah says, if a group of you is forgiven, because they confess, they realize, and they reform, the other group is definitely going to be punished. Why? بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا مُجْرِمِينَ Because they have been criminals. الْمُنَافِقُونَ the hypocrite men, munafiqat, and the hypocrite women, بعضهم, some of them, من بعض, from others. They are from one another. Notice over here, المنافقون والمنافقات. Men and women are mentioned separately. What does that show? That it's not just the men who could be hypocrites, even women can be hypocrites. Because they too can sit in their gatherings and make fun of the religion of Allah. They too can, in their innocent conversations, mock at the decrees of Allah, the decisions of Allah. And unfortunately, especially the example that the sister mentioned is very common amongst women. Making fun of other people's noses and their eyes and their skin color and their hair and whatever it may be. Women unfortunately have this bad habit. Many times it happens that women go to salons and as they're getting their hair cut done, what are they talking about? Who are they talking about? Who? Others. Right? What does the hairdresser have to do with this problem in your life? What does she have to do with you know, the problem that you're facing in life anyway? If you ever meet a hairdresser or someone, they'll have the most interesting stories. The most interesting stories. Why? Because people come to them and they vent. Right? They come to them and they share with them their family problems. Or the problems they're having at their workplace. With their mother-in-law and their father-in-law and their daughter-in-law. It doesn't matter what age group it is. Right? Al-munafiquna wal-munafiqat. Doesn't matter what the gender is. It's the characteristic that we need to understand so that we can avoid it. 
المنافقون والمنافقات Allah says بعضهم من بعض They are of each other Meaning they have the same inclinations They are like-minded They share the same characteristics They have the same manners The same behavior The same habits The same deeds The same thinking It doesn't matter whether they're men or women They are the same They're very similar They belong to the same tribe They're not like the believers Even if they're relatives to believers Even if they're related to them in blood, still they're not like the believers. They are far from them. They're different from them. Hypocrites are like one another. بَعْضُهُمْ مِنْ Across time, across you know, different tribes, across different groups, they're very similar. No matter which country, no matter which era, no matter what background, these characteristics are common amongst the people of Nifaq. Sometimes we think, oh, the hypocrites are the people who used to live at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. No, hypocrisy can even exist today. It can even be present today. Al-munafiqoon wal-munafiqat ba'duhum min ba'd. This is why we should worry for ourselves. And we should constantly be checking ourselves. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, at least people could. If they made a mistake, it would be seen. They could identify it. They could reform. But at this time, who's going to tell us? Who's going to tell us? This is why it's necessary that we check ourselves constantly. Al-munafiqoon wal-munafiqat ba'duhum min ba'd. What are their characteristics? First of all, ya'muruna bil-munkar. They order that which is munkar. What is munkar? That which is wrong. Something that is known to be wrong. It's rejected. Rejected by what? By the sharia, by the fitra, by the aql. Meaning, any person who has some intelligence, right? what will he say? This is wrong. This is not right. But the munafiqun, what do they do? يَأْمُرُونَ munkar. They order that which is wrong. Morally wrong. Ethically wrong. Religiously wrong. It's wrong in every way. But still they will command it. Still they will tell others to do it. Take the example of cheating. In an exam. right? Copying off somebody's assignment. Is it something wrong? Who says it's wrong? Okay, you say it's wrong. But why do you say it's wrong? Who told you it's wrong? Why? Why is it wrong? I want to do my assignment easily. I don't want to bother spending two hours if I can just copy paste from somebody. Why not? Such a big class, 300, who's going to know? She's from a different group anyway. Who said it's wrong? Why is it wrong? What makes it wrong? So? So what if it's cheating? Yeah? Okay, but why is that wrong? Yes? Okay. Who says it's wrong? Okay, from the religion first of all. Allah, His Messenger. They tell us khiyana, cheating is something that is not right. Who else says it's wrong? Okay, who else says it's wrong? Your heart will tell you it's wrong. This is why you're hiding. Right? Would you ever copy-paste from somebody's assignment in front of your group in charge? Just just wait five minutes, I have this one answer left to copy. <laughs> Would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Because your heart's telling you it's something wrong. You don't do it. Right? If your mom finds out, if your teacher finds out, if your good friend finds out, they'll tell you it's wrong. Aql tells you it's wrong. Your fitra will tell you it's morally wrong, religiously wrong. Likewise, bribe, speed money. 
right? You give this much money and you'll get your stuff very quickly. Who says it's wrong? Of course the Sharia tells us it's wrong. Right? But who else says it's wrong? The government says it's wrong, which is why if you're caught, you'll be in a lot of trouble. Right? So it's not just religious laws, but even worldly laws, secular laws that will tell you, this is something that is wrong. But unfortunately, the munafiq, because his focus is his personal benefit, he doesn't see what is right, what is wrong. He permits for himself anything that will bring him benefit. Whether it is lying, or it is cheating, or it is bribe, or it is making fun of others, or it is disobeying Allah and His Messenger in, in any capacity, in any way, He will say, do it. يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمُنْكَرِ They promote disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how is it that people order that which is wrong? How? By teaching wrong things? Yes, in, to some extent this is also happening. Wrong things are being taught. But generally how is it promoted? Yes, they do it themselves. And when they do it themselves and others, they follow them. Right? They follow them. Like for example, if a mother is listening to music, she is listening to music, and her child says, Mom, this is music. And she says, it's okay, beta. It's nice. Enjoy it. So basically, what is she telling her child? It's okay, do it. Yeah, yeah, dad said it's wrong, it's haram. But we'll listen to it when dad's not around. يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمُنْكَرِ Right? I mean the child sees my mom was doing this and the moment dad entered, changed. The moment this person came in, changed. So what is he learning from this khiyana? Right? So يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمُنْكَرِ Sometimes directly and sometimes indirectly. Sometimes directly and other times indirectly. يَنْهَوْنَ يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمُنْكَرِ And secondly, وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَلِ الْمَعْرُوفِ And they forbid that which is right. Ma'roof. Ma'roof is what? That which is recognized to be right, accepted by people. Everybody knows it's right. Everybody believes it's right. The religious law, the secular law, I mean the aql, the sharia, the fitrah, every person will say this is something good. Do it. But what did the munafiqeen say? Don't do it. Why? because then you will suffer. Like for example, spending on others who are in need. Is that ma'roof? Spending on the needy. Is it something good? Who said it's good? Allah says it's good. The Messenger وسلم, said it's good. Right? Likewise, any person who has a little bit of reason, what will he say? This is a good, good thing you're doing. Right? But... We see that the munafiqeen, what did they say? Suratul Munafiqun, ayah number 7. هُمُ الَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ لَا تُنْفِقُوا عَلَى مَنْ عِنْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ حَتَّى يَنْفَضُّوا They're the ones who said, do not spend on those who are with the Prophet ﷺ until they go away. Ashabu Sufa, these people who come and do hijrah to Medina and live here for some time, don't give them anything. Because when they'll get hungry, and they'll have nothing to wear, no money, nothing at all, what they will do? They will go back home. So don't spend on them. Don't feed them. Don't support them. يَنْهَوْنَ عَلِ الْمَعْرُوفِ Good things, they stop from them. And also another way, just like wrong is ordered directly and indirectly, good is stopped from directly and indirectly. How is it that a person indirectly stops others from doing good? By laughing at them. 
making fun of them. If you're doing something good and somebody starts laughing at you, what will happen? You will lose your confidence completely. You won't be able to do it again. And it happens with many children. Sometimes they are saying something and what happens? Everybody starts laughing at them and then they will never say it again. They begin to stutter in their speech. Right? Then they have delayed speech. They have speech issues. They have confidence issues. Why? Because they were laughed at. And unfortunately, sometimes you'll see videos on YouTube that are like this. A little child reciting the Qur'an as soon as he's done, everybody's laughing. Oh, how cute, how cute. And the poor child is like, what did I do? And the whole confidence is shattered. The whole confidence is shattered. Poor child is being asked again and again. It's And videos are made and shared with the whole world. Imagine when this child grows up and sees, 20,000 people saw me saying this. 50,000 people saw me saying this and my dad was laughing at me and my mom was laughing at me. This child, will he have the confidence to recite the Qur'an again in front of others? Will he have the confidence to give the adhan again in front of others? It's very important that we control our laughter, especially when it comes to laughing at others. Yes, you find something very cute and it naturally brings a smile on your face, naturally makes you you know, giggle, but please control it. Because it might discourage someone. So, يَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَقْبِضُونَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ Another quality is what? Another characteristic is يَقْبِضُونَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ يَقْبِضُونَ is from قَبْض. What does قَبْض mean? To hold back, to hold something with you. And يَقْبِضُونَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ is basically that they hold, they close their fists, they close their hands. So, for example, you're holding something in your hand, how will you hold it? With your palm open? How will you hold it? With all your fingers clasped together. Right? And you're holding that thing in your hand. This is qab. Alright? Like for example, your pen. Okay? If you hold it in all five. Try it right now. Hold it in all five. This is qab. Will you drop it easily? If somebody wants to take it away from you, can they take it easily? No, they can't. يَقْبِضُونَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ They close their hands, meaning the money that they've got, they hold on to it tightly with tight fists. Meaning they don't spend easily. They're very, very, very stingy. Saving every penny. But don't they spend on themselves? Yes, they do. When it comes to spending on themselves, their wedding parties, their clothes, their bags, their shoes, their worldly education, their house, yeah, yeah, of course, we'll spend freely. Entire paycheck will go. All the savings will go. But when it comes to spending on the deen, is it uh, 55 or 50? Is it 55, 95 or is it 55 only? Every cent is precious then. يَقْبِضُونَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ They become very, very stingy. Think about it. When is it? When is the last time that we spent something in the way of Allah, for the sake of Allah. You know, we, we keep telling ourselves, yes, yes, I give sadaqah, I spend in the way of Allah, I do that. But really, ask yourself, when is it that you spent for the deen of Allah, for the religion of Allah, not for any personal benefit? Sometimes we give sadaqah, we give a donation, why? Because we're sick. Right? So we want that hopefully, because of our sadaqah, we should 
heal quickly. We should get better quickly. Or we're going to have our exams, so we give some sadaqah so that we have good exams. We are having family problems, so we give a donation. Or because we're getting an Islamic education, so yes, we have to spend on that cause. Yes, we have to buy a book because we need to study it. These are also good. You're spending in the way of Allah. But there's you know, a pressure, a reason for which you're doing that. When is it that you gave money in the way of Allah purely to promote the religion of Allah? That yes, this is a good cause. People will learn, they will benefit, this will educate children, this will educate women, men, this will make them aware of this serious issue. Okay, I'm going to purchase this so that I can gift it to somebody so that they can learn. When is the last time we did it? And if we're really honest with ourselves, perhaps it was back in the time of Ramadan. And that was also so that it's Ramadan, we can get more good deeds. Ihtisab is important. You should expect from Allah that He should reward you. But even when we give in the way of Allah, we expect worldly return. Whether it's in the form of problems being solved, or it's in the form of health, or it's in the form of uh, you know, finding a good spouse, or having children, whatever it may be. We want some worldly benefit in return. A quality of the believer is that the religion is a personal matter for him. So, if there is a cause, a religious cause, he thinks that it's his personal cause. So he will spend on it the way he would spend on himself. He would spend on it the way he would spend to promote his business, to promote himself. They keep their hands closed, tight. They have forgotten Allah. So Allah has also forgotten them. Nasullah from Nisyan to forget. What does it mean by this? They have forgotten Allah. They don't remember Allah. Not in the morning, not in the evening, not in salah, not after salah, not when they're eating, after eating, putting their new clothes on, stepping out of the house, coming back home, sitting in the car, going to the mall. Anytime. They don't remember Allah. Think about it from the sunnah. How much dhikrullah do we learn for everything? Even for going up the stairs and for going down the stairs. Right? Even when it's windy and it's rainy. Right? We find some dhikr for every single occasion. Correct? Some dhikr. If nothing, subhanallah. If nothing, alhamdulillah. Right? But how much is it that we remember Allah? How much is it that we remember to say Bismillah before doing something, anything that is important? How much is it that we remember to say the dua when entering the masjid, when leaving the masjid? Nasullah. The munafiqeen don't remember Allah. From their mouths, the words of complain do come. They do joke, they mock, they do talk to other people. But when it comes to remembering Allah, no. Nasullah. They have forgotten Allah. They have completely forgotten Allah. So as a result, فَنَسِيَهُمْ So He has also forgotten them. Does this mean that Allah forgets? 
Doesn't Allah know about everything? In the Qur'an, don't we learn, لا يضل ربي ولا ينسى My Lord does not make an error, nor does He forget. So what does it mean by this? فَنَسِيَهُمْ Meaning, He deals with them in the same way like someone who has forgotten has. Now if someone has forgotten someone completely, do they call them? Do they call them? If you've forgotten about, let's say, a relative of yours, you forgot that you had this cousin, what is it that you will not do towards them? Will you ever call them? No. Will you send a gift for them? No. If you go to their city to visit some relatives, will you take something for them? No. And then you remember, oh my God, I forgot about her existence completely. Right? They become who? A nobody to you. If you've forgotten someone, that means they don't have anything to do with you. نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَنَسِيَهُمْ What does it mean that Allah has forgotten them? Meaning He doesn't show any mercy to them. He doesn't give them any tawfiq to learn something beneficial, to do something good. He doesn't ease their hardships for them. He doesn't provide guidance to them. Allah is not a part of their lives in the sense that they have forgotten Allah, they've eliminated Allah from their lives. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also doesn't have any interest in such people. نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَنَسِيَهُمْ Who is it whom Allah remembers? فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ You remember me and I will remember you. But the person who has forgotten Allah, doesn't pay attention to Allah, then Allah also doesn't have any interest in him. Neither in this world, nor in the hereafter. You know, many times we wonder that in hellfire people will suffer for eternity? How? I can't understand how. How is it they will burn for eternity? And they will suffer and they will scream and they will cry on and on and on. They will never die nor will they live. Meaning they'll constantly be in agony. And then we wonder, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-Rahman. Do you ever wonder about this? That how is it that people can suffer in hellfire for eternity? Why won't Allah show any mercy to them? Finish them completely, make them dust. Eliminate them from their existence completely. Why will they suffer? How can they? Because in the Qur'an we learn, وَقِيلَ الْيَوْمَ نَنْسَاكُمْ Today we will forget you. Meaning we will abandon you. And ignore your screams, and your cries, and your pleas. And you're begging. We will ignore you completely. كَمَا نَسِيتُمْ لِقَاءَ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا Just as you forgot this meeting of yours, this day of yours. You forgot the day of judgment. You ignored it. You lived as though you were never going to die. You lived as though there was no hellfire. You lived as though there was no accounting. So today, you'll be treated like someone who's forgotten in a dungeon. He can scream at the top of his voice. He can be tortured in the most horrendous way. But are his pleas heard? No. Is he responded? No. So who is it that will be abandoned by Allah? The one who forgets Allah today. The one who forgets Allah today. And remember, if there is a person who abandons you, if a person who forgets you, it's okay, it's not a big deal. Because there will always be somebody or the other who will hear you. But if Allah abandons a servant, يَخْذُلْكُمْ If He leaves you to yourself, if He abandons you, then who can help you? Don't we learn about the people of hell that they will not find any nasir, 
any helper, any wali, any protector. Why? Because they forgot Allah and Allah will abandon them. Nasullaha fanasiyahum. Allah says, Inna al-munafiqina, indeed the hypocrites, humul fasiqoon, they are defiantly disobedient. Another characteristic, that they are disobedient. Constant, every time they cross limits. When it comes to having fun, joking, they cross the limits. When it comes to performing any action, they cross the limits. You know like, if you're talking to somebody and they're, they start making fun of you, they're like, hey, stop there. And they tease you a little bit more. And they tease you a little bit more. And they, you know, make fun of your looks, or they make fun of your education, or they make fun of your parents, and then they start talking about your spouse or your children. What happens? What do you say? You're getting out of hand. You're crossing your limits. Right? You're going too far. Stop right here. So what does the munafiq do? He goes too far. Fasiqoon. They are those who cross limits.